What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast, the first of five podcasts pay-per-view related this week, and should be six, but they're doing two at the same time, so we're doing two at the same time for the post-shows. But this one is the Night of Champions pay-per-view point predictions, or maybe we should call it the uh, Night of Some Champions <laughs> predictions, or... Maybe the, not oh, not all champions. There you go. <laughs> That's what the pay-per-view is called. Uh, we will be breaking down this WWE premium live event that's coming on Saturday afternoon. We will talk about the card. We'll talk about our predictions and everything else we want to talk about. But if you don't know who we are, I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. And joining me as always are Robert E. Felice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Hey there. And as we go along and we give you our thoughts on this whole setup, we want to know what you have to say. So drop your thoughts in the comments section below. And while you are over there on YouTube, at the very least, you should be doing all the things that you do for any kind of YouTube channel that you like, which of course means hitting the like button, hitting the share button to pass it around, making sure that you are subscribed to the channel, ringing that little notification bell, and also clicking on either the thanks button and or the join button. Now, those things are a way to toss a little spare change our way, and the join button gives you access to the same stuff as the Patreon. So if you go to the Dark Cast tier or the Pick Your Poison tier, then you could do things like, obviously, with the Pick Your Poison, you get to pick something that we do, like we did last week with the Dark Cast, bonus episodes that you are not going to be able to listen to outside of being on those tiers. And even a dollar a month can go a long way in helping us keep the lights on here and keeping the morale up and stuff including the comments. You know, I love seeing these comments that we get from people that are checking out old episodes or they're just even saying like, I mean, I sent a message to Rob the other day about like, you know, somebody um, has been watching old fan tracks and it's like, yeah, yeah, I really like uh, watching these along with the podcast and stuff. It means a lot. So thank you to everybody who does that. And thank you for listening in general. So if you want to pick up some merchandise as well, there's Redbubble and Public. And let's start getting into Night of Champions. I'm going to do something a little bit differently this time around, because not only do we have a lot of pay-per-view content to talk about, but we really don't care about a lot of these things. And that sounds awful. But look, it's not on us to go the extra mile to care. It's on WWE to go the extra mile of making us care. And I almost fell asleep five times on Raw last night. Now, I am the type of person who doesn't get a whole lot of sleep as it is, but normally that's not the case. But I was just so inherently bored with a lot of the storylines that were going on that it didn't captivate my attention. And I don't want that to happen for this podcast. I want don't want us to go on, you know, 50 minutes talking about what would you do differently to try to book Rhea Ripley versus Natalia to be a better thing. It just isn't all that engaging. So... I'm going to try something a little bit different here. And if you like it or you don't like it, let me know in the comments. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the full card. I'm going to give a rundown. We're going to do a very quick speed round of our predictions. And then after that, I'm going to open up the floor for us to discuss anything in more detail. I'm going to try this for this one. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. So there are three main events to this, according to WWE, and not every championship is on the line. So bypass stuff like the US title. We'll talk about the women's tag team title situation when we get to the hot tags and give our predictions for that, as well as the money in the bank qualifying stuff. Saving that off on the side and not diving as deep into, you know, alternate 
uh, match ideas that they might book for the card and all the things that I guess they're probably just not going to do at this point. Here is the lineup that we've got. The Raw Women's Championship is on the line. Of course, it's not defended by a Raw superstar because that's another thing, but Bianca Belair is defending against Asuka. SmackDown Women's title is on the line with Rhea Ripley against Natalia. Becky Lynch has a match with Trish Stratus. The Intercontinental title is on the line with Gunter defending against Mustafa Ali. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have to put up their tag team titles against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles will fight for that World Heavyweight Championship to determine who is the next in line for that, because now we know the lineage of it, so that's cool. And Brock Lesnar is going to go up against Cody Rhodes in what they keep referring to as a fight, but they didn't even bother to go and give it an unsanctioned match kind of thing or something. So that's the current lineup. Again, they might switch some things up by the time we get to SmackDown. I kind of don't expect that to be the case because we already know the spoilers for SmackDown. So seems like this is what we're going with. So speed round here. Bianca, Asuka, Rhea, and Natty. I'm going both both stay where they are. What about you guys? I think there's no doubt in my mind that Rhea Ripley retains. I wouldn't be fully surprised if they put the belt on Asuka, but ultimately I'm going to say the belt stay where they are for both of them. I think the safest bet is that both Rhea and Bianca will retain. But as Rob says, Asuka is the more likely one to defeat Bianca, and Natalia has no hope. So, No hope at all when it comes to Mustafa Ali. He, <laughs> I mean, they even made it flat-out obvious on this episode of Raw. He has no chance of beating Gunther. <laughs> Why isn't he fighting Brock Lesnar? <laughs> yeah. um, I hope it's a fun match. I hope they give them time. But obviously, Gunther is retaining. Yeah, Gunther is almost certainly retaining, but I am just waiting for that one moment where Vince just goes, yeah, I don't like this Gunther guy, and just like has him drop into someone random, but I don't think it'll be Mustafa Ali. We're going to definitely talk a little bit more about that one. Uh, I got nothing to say about Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, though. I think it's just going to be Becky wins, and that's the end of the feud. That's not the end of the feud. I believe the feud is reported to be going on a little bit longer. So I'm going to say Trish Stratus wins. Um, I'm still going to say Becky wins, but I still I don't, definitely don't think the feud's over. Wouldn't shock me if they stretch it, but yeah. I do think that they are going to stretch this whole Usos thing. And I think that the way that they're going to do that, pretty simply put, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa don't win the belts because the Usos inadvertently cost them, whether it's a DQ or... It's, uh, you know, they accidentally hit Solo Sokoa, then Sokoa takes a pin or something. I kind of think that the belts are staying where they are for the tag titles. This is the one match that I think is actually up in the air. And as of 312 on Tuesday the 23rd, I'm going to go Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa win the tag team titles. I'll say the champs retain, but I do not know at the moment how that would be the, how that will happen. So we're going to come back to that one as well. Brock and Cody, I am expecting this to continue, so I think that they've already set it up that Brock is just going to beat Cody. Well, apparently he's got a broken arm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, Brock wins. 
I think Brock might even decimate him. Mm-hmm. I think what, what we thought would happen at Backlash might actually happen in Saudi Arabia. I think I'm going to... Mm, I'm going to go Cody to win. Hmm. I think they have that... Well, it does have, I might give the explanation later on, but they do have a history of having him go free and over, over somebody in a feud, so... I mean, they might do that with Brock as well. All right, so then we also have the uh, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles World Heavyweight Championship thing. It's it's Seth Rollins. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean. If only, if only the other guy was also on Raw. It's obviously <laughs> Seth Rollins. <laughs> so, realistically, that's kind of our predictions. Now, this is nine minutes into a podcast. <laughs> we don't want to just give you nine minutes, but we are going to break down some of this stuff a little bit more. We're not going to get, like, you know too uh stuck in the weeds here but for instance the bianca and Rhea situation they still have not addressed that whatsoever they are acting like it's perfectly fine that the raw women's championship is on smackdown and vice versa nothing at all has indicated that this has any bearing on switching that up nothing is like okay well if oscar were to win then she might go to raw or you know and they haven't said a single thing like that like they have with the World Heavyweight Championship, where it was like, all right, if AJ Styles wins, technically he would be drafted to Monday Night Raw, that kind of deal. So I don't know what they're planning on doing here, and they might just give it to Oscar or whatever. Bianca's already passed that longest title reign thing, so they got that out of the way. But I pretty much just assume, with how half-assed they've been to this, that they just went, I don't know, just have another match with Oscar again. Because they didn't do a good feud leading up to it. Then they waited a few weeks and just said, Asuka spits in her face again. So I don't think that there's a big conspiracy thing. I think it's just, we need to kill time and we want Bianca on the card. And Natty, I mean, she's just being fed to Rhea. So I don't think that there's anything to dive deeper into. It's just, maybe something's going to happen with Money in the Bank to settle the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. Maybe not. Maybe they just keep it going for a while. But that's more interesting to me than either of these two matches. I feel the same way, and I feel that they need to address it. And you're going to get someone who goes, it's not that big of a deal. It's literally just a woman's title. But the problem with this company is the brand identity is so wrapped up in the colors that, yeah, it is silly that you're saying the blue belt is on the red show, especially when you're not even just dropping the show name and you're calling them the women's titles, you're specifically saying Rhea Ripley will defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Natalia. So yes, I do hope that something is said relatively soon regarding these belts. And I also feel like that is the more interesting thing. I do want to correct one thing that Tony said. The Asuka spitting in Bianca's face did not happen on the road to... WrestleMania, and that's why it's a, it was the big deal here because she finally actually just turned on her. Still, seeing as how they book Asuka when everyone's healthy, I'm going to guess Bianca's winning because <laughs> there's no real reason to cut that off. Yeah, I've got very little to add in terms of the, the, the Natalia thing is just like 
person of the week, person of the month, whoever is going to challenge. She has some kind of name value, so the hope that she'll have some kind of decent match with Rhea Ripley, that's just part and parcel. Bianca and Asuka won. I mean, I know what I would prefer to see, which is Asuka being champion and being pushed prominently, but I, I, it does just feel that you're in a holding pattern until Charlotte comes back at SummerSlam and wins the title. Yeah, kind of feel like that's what's happening too. Now, SummerSlam might factor into some of these other things because, like we said, Trish and Becky might continue that far. I don't think that they've got the legs for it. I mean, I think that Trish's promos have been kind of weak. I think that Becky just beating her would move on. I think if Trish wins and then they just continue to do the whole like, see, I beat you. Okay, well, we want another match to prove that you beat me as a fluke or something. It could be a means to get Becky away from the money in the bank to avoid her having to lose that. But I don't think that's as big of a deal either. She could lose the money in the bank without looking weak. And then I don't want to have like, I don't want to spend three weeks building up money in the bank to have Trish cost Becky to spend four weeks building up SummerSlam and have like nine more weeks worth of Trish cutting the same promo against Becky. So I'm hoping it's just over, but any, uh, any other insights you guys have on this one before we move on to Gunter and how awful Mustafa Ali's been set up? I, I, as you were talking, I thought Trish was technically drafted to raw. I wouldn't hate seeing her, you know, win money in the bank or something. I'm beyond done with the idea of what well, money in the bank needs to push young people. They they clearly don't have them. You know what I mean? So I I wouldn't hate seeing Trish just win money in the bank. She's never done a ladder match. She really harped on never being in a press uh, not press contract contract, signing. contract signing last night. That's like, that ooh, funny. that's real great. Um, <laughs> it, it, this is fun. Trish's being a heel has been a fun. Little walk down memory lane. She obviously is rusty at it, but I'd be interested to see this continue. I think the continuation is predicated on what Lita does in this yes. rivalry. Um, whether she ends up siding with Trish and Becky has to find a partner to take them on at SummerSlam. I don't think the SummerSlam match will be one on one. I think it'll be some kind of tag team match, but. I don't know what configuration Lee would be on, whether she would be on the side of Becky or the side of Trish. And then you find another partner in. I mean, realistically, you should utilise this feud, because in fact that you've got two names that are already over. You should use the feud to try and build up someone else, maybe? Use to use it to catapult somebody that is kind of low down on the pecking order and say, okay, I'm going to get you involved in this. Like, my idea would potentially be if you if you decide to keep Becky and Lita as a thing because well at least apparently according to the storyline Trish took Lita out so it would make it would be a bit weird if Lita was then to join back up with Trish then Trish and uh, Zoe Stark could be a good yeah that's that's where I would go as well because hmm. she seems like okay she's gotten a couple of wins on Raw since uh, being called up to the main roster so why not immediately catapult her into this thing and then as a consequence of that when Trish and Lita are out of the picture and Pac's being part-timers um you have a Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch feud you know I wouldn't be opposed to that because they could do it pretty easily too she's been harping on this whole thank you Trish thing they could just easily have one segment where it's like nobody in the locker room ever respects me 
except one person. One person came up to me as soon as she was drafted to Monday Night Raw, and she said, thank you, Trish. And that was Zoe Stark. And I see so much potential in her. There's, you know, uh, the future is her oyster. And, you know, with me as her mentor, she's going to go places. And, you know, that, yeah, very easy to set that. (laughs) Well, hopefully um, they don't uh, have, like, 19 people in that group. Yes, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> honestly you just mentioned that and i think that would also be a great way to have trish go over zoe stark you know zoe stark comes out and hits becky with the z360 and that's how trish wins i'm not opposed to that either yeah um, i mean obviously kind of fantasy booking but yeah. on the you right track add, i think you just add someone who's a little bit different into this because as i say it just feels like Trish and Becky and Lita have all been joined at the hip since, like, the month of leading up to WrestleMania. So, I'll just add someone, add, add a new dynamic to it. Well, plus it gives you something to do afterward, because otherwise, Becky just wins the feud, and then, then what? Yeah, she's a top contender to fight Rhea for a couple months, and so then they move on after that too. So, yeah, Zoe Stark can be made with this. I like that idea a lot. I don't think they're necessarily going to go in that direction, but they should. No, they probably won't, but I'm just, uh, as I am not watching, so I don't care. <laughs> in, my, in my mind, all the stuff that's going well is, uh, is, uh, is going well. So let's talk about that Mustafa Ali thing, because, man, they went out of their way to just be like, nah, fuck this guy <laughs> this week. They, ha- <laughs> they had a setup with, I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are feuding with three factions at this point. They're feuding with the Judgment Day, the Bloodline, and Imperium. And they set up an idea that they are going to have a tag team partner for this week with the idea in mind being, okay, Mustafa Ali just earned a title shot against Gunther. Is it not kind of obvious that Mustafa Ali should be the person that offsets Gunther? They did do a thing with Riddle. So it's like, okay, well, you know, you're kind of carrying on there, but that in and of itself means the whole battle Royal was Riddle's the focus and Mustafa Ali got lucky and we're just going to wait on the Riddle thing. So it's he's stealing the thunder already from Mustafa Ali. Ali doesn't get the six-man tag. Riddle gets the six-man tag. Instead, Ali gets a promo where he goes, man, I don't have the energy to pretend to be positive anymore. Nobody thinks I'm going to win, and that's really depressing. And Brock and Russellman goes, get a life, kid. <laughs> and Mustafa Ali simply shrugs and walks away all sad like a fucking puppy dog. They didn't follow it up with anything. He didn't go attack Brock to help Cody. He didn't go after Gunther in any way. He was just like, yup, I'm a fucking loser, and then walked away. Holy shit. So, there, there's more to unpack here, oddly, than almost anything that happened on last night's Raw. Because Ali completely drops the character and just goes, actually, I have something real to say, so I'm just going to say it. And no one thinks I'm going to win, but I've wanted this opportunity my whole life. Brock Lesnar just snubs him, tells him to get a life, which is the funniest thing Brock Lesnar's done in a while. And then Ali does what he always does and goes on social media and cuts a great promo about how he's wanted this his whole life. And he's excited for the opportunity. But this kind of showed me two things. One... Whoever actually likes Ollie backstage was like, you don't want to do a stupid positivity thing. Just, we're just going to drop it because 
we know you don't really want to do it. And then isn't it funny that we just keep snubbing this guy? Because he's been the whipping boy there for years. L- last year, there was an entire thing around the U.S. title where it was just Bobby Lashley beats the shit out of Mustafa Ali, so Ali can't get to Rollins. It, obviously, Gunther's going to win. There's nothing to really talk about there. But the way that they don't want to let go of Ali and yet never have anything good to say to or about Ali is insane. Yeah, again, it's like hard to add anything on top of that beyond the point that this is a guy who has repeatedly come out and said that he wants to, he's not really happy in WWE, he wants to leave, or at least like gives the impression of a guy who doesn't want to be part of the company anymore. And they've given him this one off opportunity to, because they know that he's a good hand and he could be like slapped around by water for five, ten minutes and it'll be good. So they'll, yeah, they can trust him to do that, but yeah, they seem to be going out of their way to make it obvious that he's not winning the title, which then, I guess, maybe in the backwards logic of WWE is a case of... Maybe okay, he does. So <laughs> unbelievably obvi- yeah, we made it so unbelievably obvious that he's not winning the title that you're almost going to like psych- reverse psychology think that he is going to win the title because we've done such a bad job booking him for it. That has crossed my mind. (laughs) Yeah, it has crossed my mind that they might do some kind of like, oh my god, he actually won, and then Gunter moves on, and they don't have to have him defending the Intercontinental title. But I mean, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into it because ultimately, I think uh, Gunter is going to hold that belt past Honky Tonk Man's record, and I think it's like September first or something, or the fourteenth, or it's somewhere around that area. It's somewhere in September, I'm pretty sure. But. it's just like it's it's baffling that they take a character like that when it's a little boring it's a little simple but how easy is it to just have like ali is booked in a singles match against giovanni vinci and he beats him and he has a singles match against ludwig kaiser and he beats him and then they go with well he beat the two other members of imperium maybe he might have a shot against gunter then no gunter is the leader and he beats him and he's the bigger guy and all that's simple and uh, admittedly yeah it's a little bland but it's a way to just be like all right that's the standard kind of build because i don't understand the build of him being like three times in a minute just being like you all think i'm a loser i think i'm a loser i've lost all the time and brock being like yeah get out of my way you fucking loser (laughs) and then them being like okay well charlie brown kicking a football or something jesus so Ali, I mean, maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but I we're all firmly in the uh, no. Gunther's going to beat the living shit out of him, and then that should be fun. The tag title thing, this all predicates based off of what they want to do with this beating the same drum again. Of the Usos are not in the best uh, standing right now with Roman, and I mean we've taught seen that multiple times before so i think that they just really really like that dynamic so nothing's probably going to change it's just going to be oh i'm still kind of mad at you and i'm going to threaten that maybe something's going to happen but tune in to two and a half episodes from now when i show up and i address that i'm still mad at you sort of 
it's probably going to be Roman and Solo against the Usos against Kevin and Sammy in like a three-way at uh, Money in the Bank. Or it's just Roman and Solo against the Usos and then Kevin and Sammy are defending against somebody else like the Judgment Day. But I don't think the belts are changing hands. If they do that and they end up being like, all right, Roman's got four championship belts that he's holding. I can't see them losing those belts. So are they just going to hold the world titles and the tag titles hostage? That doesn't make sense to me. But then again, they haven't even switched the belts up. They haven't addressed why these championships are still the old championships and all the other things that go along with this. So any other things you guys want to unpack when it comes to those? So I'm the only one who said that I think Roman Reigns and Solo could win here. And I think my philosophy is a couple things. You free up Kevin and Sammy for the Money in the Bank ladder match. You have them firmly on Raw where they're finally away from this. And then you do Roman and Solo versus the Usos at Money in the Bank, where the Usos can then beat their younger brother. And they don't necessarily have to beat Roman, but you can put a button on that as well, where it's like, okay, they're good now. Like uh, we settled it in the ring and now I respect you because he beat me kind of thing. No, just like, the Usos won, and they're away from the Tribal Chief. Move the fuck on. Move on. <laughs> you know, like, we got we to gotta move. Just got to get away from this. And then maybe Roman's mad at Solo because Solo lost for him, and now Roman is an island unto himself. Because I'm still going with the idea that Cody's putting money in the bank. <laughs> well, that... I think... That can factor into the the Brock and Cody thing, because I think Cody is going to get his ass kicked in this and they're going to continue on with the arm thing specifically to avoid him being in the money in the bank ladder match. I think they're going to do an injury angle where he's carted off and it's like because money in the bank comes up in how many weeks afterward? It's uh, July 1st. So you figure the 27th. So you got um, Saturday the 3rd uh, of June, the 10th, the 17th, the 24th, and the 1st, he'd have to be out for five weeks. But realistically, if they have him come out on Monday Night Raw, and it's like, oh, yeah, I got really, really banged up at Night of Champions, and I was banged up on Raw anyway, and maybe even Brock attacks him again, if they are able to get Brock to come back again for another Monday, then you run a video package on the 5th of Raw, uh, 5th of June, that episode of Raw, Oh, Cody's out. You know, he's going to be out for a couple weeks. And then you don't have him until the raw after Money in the Bank. Because I don't think he's winning Money in the Bank. I think Money in the Bank is going to be used for somebody that can cash in on the World Heavyweight Championship. And that that's not going to factor in with Roman whatsoever. Well, I'll just put this out there. I think if it's not Cody, I think it's Logan Paul. And huh. I didn't think about that. I would rather it be Cody because I'd rather let's just, I just want to get this thing over with. Um, I I know I said I see Brock beating Cody. I could also see them throwing Brock in the ladder match. They are, they're, they're running the O2. I see no reason this year to be like, oh, don't we have all these fiery young competitors? No, you don't. 
Most people think Damian Priest is a fiery young competitor. Like, just load it up as a star-studded thing. That's the beauty of doing these uh, shows outside of the States, is that you can make it seem like, oh, but it's an attraction show. So you don't need to do, you don't need to make it seem like, hey, isn't it exciting that, you know, Ali's going to be in Money in the Bank? I mean, even if you want to, speak of uh, Brock Lesnar Money in the Bank, you can have Ali cost him Money in the Bank and then get his ass kicked at SummerSlam just to get Brock on the card as like a give back to when Brock cost Ali and they never did anything with that because he's Brock. You know, like, you could have fun with it. Do I think that they're going to? Not necessarily, but I'd like to throw that out there. Um, I still think the game plan is Cody wins the title. And if you uh, hear some of the rumors, they want to do Cody versus Gunther at Mania 40, perhaps. And I think, you know, getting a world title on Cody would be a nice way to kind of do that. And I think also this Roman thing, they're kind of proving that they didn't have anything planned when you've got Sami Zayn going like, yeah, we're done with the bloodline. Hope you enjoyed the story in an out-of-character interview. Just to immediately go, hey, Roman and Solo are fighting Kevin and Sammy. And even on TV, they're just sort of like, what do we do? What do we talk about? Because they, they beat the drum already. So, yes, I, I think you have the bloodline fight each other at Money in the Bank and you move on. Because at this point... Everybody needs to move on because it's stale. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that um, it's a it's a really stale, boring story that a lot of people are trying to convince themselves is interesting. Still, uh, the interest died as soon as I I personally think the interest died as soon as uh, Sammy lost his match at at. Um, Elimination Chamber. Line. Oh yeah, Elimination Chamber, whatever it was, <laughs> and uh, where whatever it was, and then um, and then yeah, the Cody thing was like the kind of last chance to get it finished on a right track, and then uh, and then yeah, basically ever since then, like Roman's been on what two shows since then, two well three shows if you count the night after Raw, and then two episodes of SmackDown since then. It's an illustration of how how devoted they are to this title reign knowing that it's uh i'll say it's a it's disappointing but it's uh it's they know they know they're disappointing people by him not showing up and the fact that there isn't just like a world title to be fighting for and so they've had to come up with this this second choice one instead and now they're throwing him into like the tag title picture as well and i i mean i think that owens and zane will win just because i just I don't think they can lose the tag titles as well unless it is just a really short-term thing and they're just dropping them straight to the Usos and Money in the Bank instead. But I don't know. I'm kind of done with the family inviting. I, I know some people are getting super excited about it, but I don't see... Like, I think people are just trying to kid themselves in thinking that Solo Sokoa or Jey Uso is the right choice to beat Roman Reigns. And realistically, like, yeah, it'll be cathartic in the moment, but those guys aren't ready to be world champions. 
See, I think, and this will tie into my um, World Heavyweight Championship stuff, <clears throat> and we'll kind of wrap it out that way. I think that WWE is setting a precedent with this Roman and Solo fighting for the tag titles. And yeah, I mean, I'm harping on something that I'm sure if I were sitting around a conference table with a lot of the WWE producers and stuff, if I were to say, why did we change King of the Ring to Knight of Champions if the Clash of Champions name was something we've been using the past few years and Knight of Champions was specifically supposed to be every championship is defended? Why are we having a Knight of Champions when the women's tag team titles are being settled on Monday Night Raw? The United States title is being settled on the SmackDown that's pre-taped leading into the show. And the two world titles that we are now creating a third world title for just to avoid are being held by a guy who's not defending it because he's booked in another match. So that means you want Roman on the Saudi show and you want Roman on the... Uh, London show, but you don't want to defend the championship because they very easily could have just had Imperium challenge for the tag titles or the Judgment Day challenge for the tag titles and then have Roman defend his belt. If they wanted to have him fight for that championship, they would have booked it. It would have been a lot easier than trying to just do this tag team thing. But if the rumor is true that they do want to do some kind of tag team thing again at Money in the Bank, then I think that what they're setting up is Roman will only defend those belts at the big four. And that's one of the reasons why they're going to have this other world championship, because we can always have that on every card, but Roman will only be there for a special show or a big four. And the belt's only on the line at the big four. So I don't think we're getting any kind of championship on his part until SummerSlam. And then I don't think we're getting another one of them until after whenever they settle on when the crown jewel or whatever they call the next Saudi show is going to be, maybe we get him in the September show in India. I mean, more than likely because that's at a yeah. special show, but you know, he's not going to be defending. Obviously he's not going to be defending at any NXT show, but those are the, that's the lineup of like, they didn't do in your house. They didn't do heat wave. They haven't set up Halloween havoc, whatever. Um, Realistically, they might have another pay-per-view after Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, but SummerSlam's August 5th. The India show September. Crown Jewel is normally in November. Survivor Series in November. There you go. It's Royal Rumble. So I think he's just going to pop up for those. He's just going to do a title defense at SummerSlam and a title defense at Survivor Series. Or since Survivor Series might have the War Games thing, or they maybe they think twice about that and they go back to, uh, you know, whatever. It's either the Bloodline is fighting at Survivor Series and the belt's not on the line because he's defended it at Crown Jewel, or they kind of swip, uh, swap it back and forth. So you do the Bobby Lashley feud, you do the AJ Styles feud, there you go. That's the Crown Jewel one, and that's the SummerSlam one, and then you move on. I think that the World Heavyweight Championship and the whole idea that it might be Cody versus Gunther strikes me more as Rollins wins, Gunther's the guy that beats him somewhere around Royal Rumble. Like, nah, I'd go a little bit earlier than that. Like, um, maybe he beats him at like Crown Jewel, for instance, or maybe he beats him in India, or maybe he beats him. 
on an episode of Monday Night Raw, for all we know. But I think after he wins that whole, you know, the longest reigning Intercontinental Championship thing, I mean, if you want to do it this way, this could be a, a good way of doing it. He's the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion, and he deserves a number one contender shot. There you go. He gets the thing, and he wins that belt, too. But I think he wins somewhere in that fall range. And then Cody is the one that fights Gunther Mania. And then we just get Roman versus The Rock. Or if we don't get Roman versus The Rock, their backup plan, it's probably Roman versus Seth. Well, that's that's something I wanted to bring up as well, because since Mania, they have really comfortably teased this Roman versus Seth thing. And I'm like, why are you doing that now? I'm hoping that that's the plan for Survivor Series as like a champion versus champion thing. And that could be the um, option, too, because if they want to do the firm brand split, they might go back to that. And War Games very easily could have just been, well, we want to do the Bloodline, the one shot, and then we move on and you go back to the previous Survivor Series. But I, I think that they're setting up the Rollins thing to be the backup plan for Philly. If they can't get the Rock, then they go, ah, you know how last year we kept talking about how... Roman never really has that strong of a win against uh, Seth Rollins. So let's have Rollins win the Royal Rumble. We had Cody win last year. Cody wins the number one contenders match to fight Gunter. And then, hey, look at that. It took an entire year, but Cody won the championship. Isn't it great? He beat Gunter. And then the night two of Mania is, yeah, Roman got that big win over Seth. Unless they got the rock. And then if they got the rock, then it's, hey, Seth, uh, we don't have anything for you, pal. Let's figure out something else. You want to fight another celebrity or something? If they've got the rock, then it's a three-way. I don't think that they would put a three-way in there. I think it's just Roman versus rock, but. No, not for the other belt, man. Like. Oh, I think we're talking about the, the Rollins thing. Uh, if they do Rollins versus Gunther versus Cody, yeah. I mean, then they would just do it like that, probably. So I'm kind of already like, okay, that's, uh, there we go for the whole rest of the year, you know? <laughs> so that's why I'm still, until someone else wins the briefcase, I'm still firmly on this. I think they're just going to give it to Cody really soon because they haven't shown a single thing of anyone stepping up to Roman. In fact, they're just circling the wagon with this bloodline thing. So that to me kind of makes me feel like, they have nothing. They're not even doing a title defense for the thousand day celebration. They're not even referencing it, which is surprising to me. They're just like, he's going to win these tag titles. And uh, don't worry about that because we'll worry about it when we need to. I think that like Cody's just going to eventually beat him. And it's not going to be as big of a spectacle. But I, I think the plan is. He puts over the Usos, have money in the bank by way of Solo, and then drops it to Cody six days later in Madison Square Garden. And I'm sticking with that until I see otherwise. (laughs) Well, round us out here, Callum. Any other thoughts on those three main events and the factoring in with all the future stuff? I I wouldn't say there's a huge amount of thought going into it beyond... I mean... Rollins winning makes a, a big amount of sense. And I also appreciate uh, AJ Styles' refreshing honesty in, in that recent interview where he basically said, yeah, this title's second rate. 
pretty much. Oh, he said that? Uh, oh, you missed he, it? He yeah. Much. yeah, I he didn't. Literally yeah, he, said, he literally says, Roman has the Raw belt and the SmackDown belt. We created a third belt because he wins everything else. How can you argue that it's not secondary? Thank fuck people are at least <laughs> acknowledging that. So, so yeah, but he knows that, I mean, if that was, if he, if there was any Tory discussion about him winning the title, that might have gone out the window now. But uh, I think that, yeah, Seth gets to win. He gets to lord over being the, uh, the fake champion for a while. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, he might, um, as I say, might end up being some kind of mismatch of people for the varying titles at WrestleMania. I, I think that your predictions are very feasible. I can't say they're accurate because obviously we don't know at this point in time, but I think they're definitely feasible. And yeah, that that's a pretty um, underwhelming thing to think about. <laughs> well, underwhelming. That's a good word to approach a lot of this because that's it when it comes to the Night of Champions. Now, of course, if they switch up anything in the meantime, we will address that on the hot tags, but we've got the NXT battleground predictions coming up next on, uh, we're actually going to record that tonight and that'll be up tomorrow. Um, after that, we've got an episode of dynamite and then we'll be talking about AEW double or nothing on our Thursday recording Friday. We'll do the hot tags Saturday. We'll do the night of champion stuff, which of course we will have the, uh, live post show immediately following, which will probably, it seems about, you know, 4 PM Eastern 4 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how long they want to go with that, but it's starting at one. I mean, it's technically the kickoffs at noon, but you know, it's going to be pointless. So starting at one, be three hours, maybe three and a half, four. I don't know. So join us for that and make sure that of course you have your little notifications all set up and all, because that way you get to know when we specifically go live and then we will be doing, the combo post show of double or nothing and NXT battleground since they're happening at the same time. So can't really do a post show while the other one's still going on or anything, but we'll do that Sunday night. Then, Hey, it's Memorial day. Hopefully everybody has a cookout or something. (laughs) But in the meantime, uh, throughout all these things, keep checking smartcountmoment.com. See if any adjustments are made see if any new pay-per-view prediction stuff gets like, you know, I switch it up on my predictions lineup for that or something. And not only check out the other things that are happening on smartcomoma.com, but also go over to fanboysanonymous.com and see everything that's happening there. So many things in the pipeline that I just don't have the time to get around to, mostly because I spend a lot of my time working on the Blueprint Project, which of course has so many different elements to it and tons and tons and tons of stories. And if you are a big fan of something like Power Rangers, then check out my breakdown of Absolute Power Rangers, A Mighty Morphin Epic, and stay tuned to The Batman, A Nighttime Story, 100 Records from the Wayne Foundation Archives, because I am editing Chapter 4. It's taking forever, and I can already tell you it is the longest one of these videos so far, because I whittled it down as much as I could, and I got to an hour and 15 minutes or so, and I'm like, you know what? That's <laughs> uh, fine. Uh, I got to add the music to it. I got to add some graphics to it and stuff. So I don't know how long it's going to take before that next chapter is posted. But obviously, if you are subscribed to Fanboys Anonymous and you check out fanboys.com or fanboysanonymous.com, I should say, if you go to fanboys.com, I don't know where the hell you're going to go. Fanboysanon.com switches you over to Fanboys Anonymous, though. I like my shorthand, like how you could go to smartout.com and not have to type moment. 
But everything that's happening all along that front and elsewhere under a mango tree, you can all find at a mango tree.com or anthonymango.com and follow me on all my different platforms that you can see there, including the stuff that's my personal accounts, like my Facebook and Twitter at Tony mango, where you can see me complain about Facebook and complain about a lot of, I tend to complain a lot on Twitter because I'm just like, you know what pisses me off right now is this blah, blah, blah. But, you know, send some tweets at me, check out my letterbox and stuff, because I know I got a couple movies coming up that I'm going to do some stuff for. I don't know exactly what, but uh, the new Spider-Verse movie's coming out. We got Indiana Jones. We got The Flash. So, I don't know. All that stuff on Fanboys Anonymous you'll find in some fashion. So, go check that all out. And make sure that you are also checking out what Rob and Callum are up to. Yeah, you can usually find me. I'm Fanboys Anonymous as well. There's a podcast. I'm typically with Tony, watching whatever and reviewing whatever. And you can also check me out everywhere at Dude Felice. Check out my writing on Fightful, WrestleZone, and my daily article on ComingSoon.net, where I do a WWE rumor roundup. And, yeah, let's keep trying to enjoy the ride while we can. Callum? You can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, check out my weekly article on smartcomo.com, the power rankings every Saturday. Um, and then also, what's kind of relevant to this podcast in particular is the Fantasy League. So this will be the first show where our predictions for it will influence, make a slight change in the order for the Fantasy League. So as of uh, the episode on uh, episode on Saturday, we will be adding a new member to each of our teams, dependent on who wins the prediction contest. They'll get the first pick, and then we'll just add to our teams based on that. And then the person that also wins the prediction contest will have the luxury of any time between now, well, any time between Saturday and Money in the Bank to swap out one of the members of their team, which I'm pretty sure Tony with Liv Morgan will probably be very keen to to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to even write myself a note about that because I might not remember that Liv Morgan is injured when it comes down to that. So Saturday, let's see. Note here: swap out Liv Morgan on fantasy if you league. Win. If, if you, you win, win, you better win. See, because if you don't win, you're stuck with her for, until, until you do win a prediction contest. I'm going to positive Ali win. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So. um just, just if anyone is interested, kind of a quick update. Uh, I don't have the full scores in front of me, but um, I can get them up now. Uh, so I'm currently leading with 74 points. Uh, Rob, I believe, is second on 55 points. Boo. Yay! <laughs> and then Tony's uh, bringing up the rear on 48 points at the moment. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. Uh, actually, the um, person who's doing worse for your team at the moment, Tony, surprisingly enough, is Gunter. Uh, a couple but, weeks hey, of them yeah. being like, he's going to show up. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, he's had a no show, a a show where he just appeared, and then he lost this week. So it's not mm. uh, going that well for you, but it will, that'll probably change come uh, come uh, night of champions. Rob is suffering due to Charlotte Flair not being around. Yeah, <laughs> we saw that coming. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make it up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And currently, the people that are bringing up the rear for me are both uh, Dragon Lee and Roman Reigns. Unsurprisingly, with the Roman one, but we'll. See how that goes at uh, Night of Champions, but uh, yeah, I was um, hoping Dragon Lee would do more. But he's got a title match at the. Well, he's got what accounts for a trophy match. 
Yeah, it's a championship. They, let's hope they run with Stratton and not the <laughs> Roxanne Perez Corey Jade match that it looks like they're gonna do. <laughs> let's hope they go with that, so that way I get lots of points. But we will address that after NXT tonight. Rob and I'll give our predictions for that. And that's when you'll be uh, seeing us next with the NXT Battleground pay-per-view point. And then, of course, Double or Nothing, as I mentioned before. So lots of pay-per-view point content coming your way this week. Hopefully you join us for all of it. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode. So thanks for joining us. And we will see you next time, everyone. But this has been another Smart Out Moment. And we're being counted out.